0: The behind the K71, all right, so we're back with with Jim from Detroit EMS. Everybody's filled up and uh, relieved from the bathroom.
1: Oh my God, Peter! What? I mean,
0: <laughs> we're all people here. We're not robots.
2: Hells yeah, here. Yeah,
0: you know. You want me to edit that out, Julie?
1: <laughs> no, that's
0: all right. Uh, I got <laughs> in trouble last time because they it takes longer to edit my stuff because I just.
2: Uh, see, you know, I didn't ask that. I should have asked that before. Uh, am I allowed to cuss?
1: Yeah, you can say whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, of course. Not to. And that's <laughs> wow. Yeah.
2: Like we... big, my vocabulary is, is uh, you know, bad words. So.
1: I, I feel like EMS in general is like bad words. And, you know, I mean, my son, who's six, curses quite a bit, unfortunately.
2: So I uh, wonder where he gets that from. I know
1: I know it's terrible.
2: You know I was really good when I was raising when I was raising my kids uh, and I noticed it was I, I think once they became teenagers it was man, that's a different story then you know it yeah. was you know, I, yeah I, I remember <laughs> when, I remember my 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 son uh, he had his little friend over and we were in the backyard and, and I was cleaning their pool with like a Scotch-Brite kind of a pad, you know, cause it was like, it had some algae in, in, on the sides and on the bottom. Yeah. And I turned my back and uh, my motorcycle was sitting right next to the pool. And I had just gotten this brand new motorcycle and uh, my son's like, Poppy, look, we're cleaning your bike for you. Oh. And they took the Scotch-Brite pads and they were, you know, and <sighs> it, it took everything I had to get out of it. Oh
1: my God.
2: Find little scratches in the in the in the oh. clear. Like, Thank Jesus. you very much.
3: Did <laughs> 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 a good job. <laughs> oh God.
2: Uh, once once they became teenagers, that was a yeah. it's fair game. Then you know you you mess up. You I'm on. You know, I got work for you. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> um, aye,
4: aye, aye.
0: So so let's we'll go back. So when you came out of the academy. You said that you had to prove yourself, you know, to these guys from the Vietnam era. Like, what oh, kind yeah. of things were they looking for? Like, and you, what kind of stuff did they test you with?
2: You know, it was just, um and maybe it was all in my head. I don't know. But they were they were stern. They were, you know, they were kind of standoffish. Okay. Um You know, I guess just, you know, it was a matter of respect. They had to see that you could handle yourself under pressure, uh, whether it was the driving or, you know, running a code, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I, one guy called me rookie for years and oh. I'm like, motherfucker, I've been on like two, three years. Haven't I proved myself yet? Yeah. So it was some, there was times where it was just, um, you know, I, maybe it was just something they had to see from me, you know, to see how serious I was, how dedicated I was. I, I'm not really sure, but, uh, I just, I was always trying to, always trying to impress, you know, and, uh, um, but the thing is you could look at them and see a lot in a lot of ways where they were lacking, you know, and whether it was just because complacency over the years Mm -hmm. and they were burnt out. And I'm like, wait a minute, why am I feeling like I'm under the gun and under the microscope? And I, I, you know, I know my shit's tight. I, I, I do my job Mm -hmm. and you, you see the things that they would do and, uh, you know, you you, you kind of questioned your uh level of respect for them at that point
3: yeah, uh, yeah. Mm.
0: what, what I kind of remember, did they do that you were like uh, the, uh, i What's remember
2: that? one guy I worked with an old timer and uh he was talking all kinds of crap all day long just you know uh, just making comments and it was it was kind of passive aggressive yeah and you know and i remember towards the end of the night we went to the hospital with a patient or whatever. And, and now we're going back to quarters to drop off the truck, you know, switch out crews, night crew comes in. And it was another couple of guys that had been around forever in a day. And we're like, and he's like, yeah, everything's good. You know, you're all stocked up, ready to go. Or well, right off the bat, they had a double shooting um, that they, uh, they responded to and when they got to the scene and, and went to pull the, the equipment and the stretcher, they didn't have a stretcher holy crap left it at the hospital he left it and tried to blame it on me i'm like wait a minute i was on the bag all day long you were the one responsible for the stress and yeah so the next day yeah i got an earful from the from the night crew and wow. it, it really and it really wasn't to, to the extent where they were blaming me they were just like well, yeah you should know better this guy he's he's a yahoo and and uh mm-hmm. you know he needs to be watched after himself Mm. you know i felt bad but you know they made it work somehow yeah, it worked. yeah. So.
0: Mm. i think everybody's forgotten a stretcher once
2: oh that wasn't the only time i ever <laughs> it was a couple times i remember uh um did you ever look up that malice green incident i was telling you about oh no i
0: couldn't remember the name after i got home because i was driving awesome. last night Let me look that up now all right
2: i'm gonna look that up the partner I was talking that I was telling you about yesterday, uh, me and him were, you know, we were we were great together and we always, it was always about having fun. But, uh, I remember we went to the shop to our apparatus di- uh, division to switch out our trucks because okay. uh, our truck broke down or something and we switched out everything, but we forgot the stretcher. And so we get a run for a, a, a motor vehicle accident. And it was a mother and daughter, and they were both injured, both complaining of back pain and whatever, and possibly yeah. lost consciousness. So, uh, you know, we backboarded both of them. And, uh, and, and well, at some point, we realized we had no stretcher to transport. To, to th- so we laid them both on the floor of the ambulance, and we just played it off like, you know, oh, yeah, this is how things are supposed to be. Yeah,
1: this is how it goes. <laughs>
2: you know, we're, we're just one of them trucks that don't have a, a stretcher. <laughs> What a and new so, tangled
0: fancy one.
2: Right. <laughs> so, you know, they're laying next to each other holding hands. So, hey, they couldn't have been any happier, right? We just mm-hmm. made sure we took it slow so the bumps weren't, you know, too yeah. uh, too horribly rough. Yeah. And we got to the hospital. We grabbed stretchers from the hospital. And I told him, go back to the shop and get the stretcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, none the wiser. Nobody ever knew what happened. So oh, that worked out yeah. pretty well. But yeah, uh, everybody forgets the stretcher every now and then. Yeah, yeah you know. There's, to a talk.
1: Of, there's a lot of equipment to bring with you on jobs and into the oh hospital, depending on the call type, you know,
3: yeah.
4: sometimes
1: the call changes, you bring something in that you don't need, you need something else, you know, you forget to bring the other stuff out.
2: Or a stair chair. I've left the stair chair and uh, a step stool sitting in the middle of the street, you know, because we, oh, no. we stair chaired them out of the house and, you know, it was a, it was a, a you know, a code one run, you know, a critical yeah. patient. And, you know, we loaded them up in the truck and we, you know, did everything we had to do before we uh, transported. And I must've got out the back of the truck instead of the side door Mm -hmm. and lo and behold, stair chair and a stool sitting right there in the, in the middle of the street. (laughs) Yeah. And then that's the thing. When a situation's like that happen. sometimes it's out of your, out of your, uh, out of your hands to, uh, uh, to to fix the situation, to prevent the issue without anybody finding out. Well. The family member of this person we transported called nine one one, and they put him in in contact with our uh, our uh, supervision. Um, yeah, they called us to let us know that our stair chair was at their house still, and nice. they found it in the middle of the street. Yeah, um, I mean, but you had the best intentions in yeah. mind. Yeah,
1: yeah, of course, you know, and that's I mean probably I know with our equipment, there's usually phone numbers on it. Like oh, if you find yeah, this, you yeah. know, call. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're just doing what they think is the right thing, which is a good yeah. thing. Oh, I yeah.
0: like to find people's stuff and then hold it hostage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've done that, too. Yeah, people leave stuff at the hospital, and, you know, you wait to see if anybody's going to contact you to see if, oh, yeah, hey, did you see our, stra-, you know, our, you know, oxygen bag or whatever else? Yeah, just let them sweat it out until uh, until it's absolutely necessary, you know, to, to have to give it up. Yeah. yeah. Cruel cool jokes
0: yeah, that's the best part. You know, that's the worst thing is like, I, I think people used to have a better sense of humor, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. You, now, you, uh,
0: you know, they put it on social media and then it's on Facebook, you know, and then or Instagram and somebody sees it, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we, you know, like we were talking about yesterday, you can't get away with the things you used to be able to get away with because there's too many people with cameras, mm-hmm. uh, phones, um, you know, there's... there's uh, businesses having cameras you know like in the city of Detroit I don't know how it is for you guys but uh there was such a uh a high rate of crime at gas stations and party stores that uh, they came up with this program where the uh, police department would go around to the to the communities and ask the store owners if they would mind if they were wanted to be a part of a program where they would put cameras on the buildings yeah and of course it was at the expense of the store owner oh, and there would be green flashing like on the tops of the buildings. And that way you knew the citizens knew if you wanted to go somewhere where you'd have, you know, not necessarily a safe haven, but at least what that was being monitored by the yeah. police. And then, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, some business owners wanted to, you know, were willing to participate yeah. and some of them were just like, hell no.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The
2: yeah. thing is, at night, um, and I'm sure it's the same thing for you guys. I mean, those people that are out in the streets at night, whether they're homeless, uh, psychological issues, whatever the case may be, people flock to, you know, those places, you know, gas stations. They'll hang out there all night.
3: You yeah. know,
2: there's, you know, there's social, you know, there's, there's people that they can socialize with and, and trouble they can find themselves getting into or whatever the case may be. So, yeah
0: everybody has we have like one corner that we we personally we stay away from we wow. don't drive through this intersection
3: and well there's find
0: yourself going through you like
1: yeah there's a yeah. couple a couple of corners that uh that have like a you know kind of significant like homeless population or population of folks who are like just drinking and getting high yeah. and it's interesting because we recently like maybe a few months ago we heard a call come in and I forget what it came in as, but it was like it came in for BLS, like an unknown, and it was on that street corner. And we happened to be on the street going that way. And I was like, Oh, Peter, turn this way. Like I, I was <laughs> like, I don't want to deal with like some unknown drunk bullshit. And then right. like within twenty seconds they were like, Oh, it's a gunshot wound. And I was like, Well, nope, keep going. Yeah, that- and like <laughs> we like went like two blocks and it was like an actual gunshot wound. But it's like, there's like, you know, there's a laundromat by us that just is like, I would I feel so bad for people actually have to use that laundromat, because it's got a bunch of like benches and stuff in there and people just stay there all night, like smoking K2, doing heroin. Like, it's just a place where people hang out, you know? And, and there's a couple of those corners and, and like there's benches, especially in the warm weather, where they're close enough to like a bodega that you can just keep getting beer, keep getting K two or whatever and spend the rest of the night on the bench. And those are like hot spots. I mean, you know you know exactly what kind of job you're getting into when you hear the cross street, you know? Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about this last night when we were talking about different stories. Um, I was telling Peter about uh, Woodward. Woodward is is like the main, the main road that splits the city in half, hmm. and uh, you know, yeah, up up and down through Woodward you have party stores, liquor stores, and and uh, Coney Island restaurants. Are, that's the only thing that's open, and just the, the just a haven for crime and just you know social deviancy, you know. Yeah. And uh, um, I, I remember having a run where this. Person, I can't remember if it was a man or a woman. They got assaulted, and the guy and I and it, just, it stood out in my mind that the, the guy that they that did it hit went by the name of Chicago, I guess because he was from Chicago. Okay. Or but he would go around kicking people's asses and robbing them or whatever. Mm. And and it's funny because it was like within a night or two of me having that run, I'm listening to the radio and I. No, not my radio. That was right. It was police radio. Uh, we were w- on scene with scouts somewhere, and I hear them give out a run for this very same Coney Island, and they're talking about the person who got assaulted, and they're talking about the uh, the uh, the assailant goes by the name of Chicago, and I'm like, this motherfucker's going. To- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's just like yeah, people don't have a chance, man. They go into some places like that. And, you know, with the best of intentions. And I remember there was a guy got killed at a a Coney Island because he was in there with his kids. And, you know, probably not the best place to be in the middle of the night.
3: Yeah.
2: And uh, and while he was in there with his kids, uh, these young punks came in. And, you know, they're talking crazy shit and cussing and, you know, this, that and everything else. And he asked them, hey, you know, you mind? I got my kids with me, you know. And they ended up killing this guy. You know, Jesus. just because, just because he asked, you know, to, you know, be more respectful towards his kids, they ended up shooting him. Wow. They had, and you know, they had the, uh, the video from the, uh, the, the, the Coney Island, you know, restaurants, uh, surveillance cameras mm-hmm. and showing the confrontation and the guy getting killed over, over asking these guys to be more respectful. Cause there was kids. That's and,
1: unfortunate. That's terrible. Yeah.
2: yeah. It was like you said, though, you know, people want are just, people are just trying to live their lives and, you know, yeah. you know, go to a. Coney Island or a laundromat or whatever the case yeah. may be and here you got these fools that uh, you know the scum of the earth you know whatever you want to call it you know that, that just yeah. don't whether they're preying on the weak or just you know whatever the case may be they don't care you know yeah. So yeah. Their, their worlds collided you know and unfortunately the innocent people are the ones that uh, you know the law abiding citizens so. yeah.
0: Yeah. Hey, you never know when your number's up that's the crazy. Yeah. thing you know? And
1: there's a lot of folks with nothing to lose, you
2: know, so it's, uh, yeah. uh yeah. It's not a, yeah, it's not about fear of, you know, getting your ass kicked. And it's just like, okay, these, these dummies, they don't have respect for human life because they, they don't even cherish their own lives, you know? Yeah. So, you yeah. know, fear, what are they going to fear? You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. yeah. Um, what's a party store? Is that just like a regular party? <laughs>
2: party, <laughs> <thing>? <laughs> uh, party store, you know, we can get beer, wine, whatever you have liquor stores. Mm-hmm. I, you yeah, know, it's, it's just one of them terms sort of like how we have pop and you know or soda. You know, what do you guys do you guys say soda or do you say we pop? say
1: soda?
0: Yeah, we call it by name. So.
3: Yeah,
1: like Coke or Pepsi. Yeah. Yeah. And I was I was gonna ask about the Coney Islands, but I actually looked it up and so those are like hot sauce like they're just like like a fast food kind of place yeah. that yeah. are called Coney Islands.
2: I'm sorry, I, I didn't even I didn't even consider that these might be, you know, <laughs> kind of weird to you guys.
1: Yeah.
4: You no,
2: know,
1: because I mean we have Coney Island in New York, you know, yeah. and it's, right. uh, it's a big place in Brooklyn and Nathan's is like the hot dog stand down there. So right. when you were saying Coney Island's, I assumed it had something to do with that, you know.
3: I will
0: say Lafayette's was better than than Nathan's. At
2: Laf- you went to Lafayette's?
1: Really? Yeah. Yep. Better than Nathan's?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. wow. And
3: cheaper.
0: And cheaper.
2: Lafayette Coney Island is the shit and a lot of people people like American Coney Island which is right next door and owned by another family member from the same family I think um but uh yeah Lafayette's to me is the shit so
3: So
0: I was gonna uh uh-oh there you are yeah I was gonna try to get both but you know I was pretty full off that
2: so (laughs) well you know I think you can actually order American Coney Island online Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they they've uh they've kind of ventured out and kind of made things a little easier. As a matter of fact, there's another. I think there's a Lafayette, not a Lafayette, American Coney Island in uh, one of the casinos in um, Las Vegas. Oh really? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's not the and, same, though.
0: you know what I mean? Like, We're gonna get a mistake. <laughs> you gotta go to Philly. Yeah.
3: yeah. You know?
0: Right. Like, yeah. I don't know. So it, I, I like those like dirty places that are like off the beaten track that aren't the popular ones. Right. So you know, this yep. is the safest one that the guy recommended us that we could walk to.
3: So,
2: I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> go to American Coney Island when I was working uh, down in the Cass Corridor. We'd go there every night for chicken noodle soup, and it was good soup. I didn't care for the Conies, and I didn't care for anything else there. Yeah. One thing that I that was uh, <laughs> that that made the difference for me was they let those home they let the homeless guys hang out in American Coney Island. So they could be drunk, they could be shitting on themselves, Mm. just smell like, you know, they haven't had a bath in months. Yeah. Let them hang out there and just, you know, it's like, okay, I don't know if that's really where I want to be, you know. Mm. Uh, I don't think I want to smell something like that when I'm trying to eat. Yeah. And so for me, yeah, Lafayette's, yeah, they didn't allow them to go in there at all. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's, I mean, I understand, you know, humanity behind it all, but come on now, if you're trying to eat food, you know, you don't want to smell. Yeah. Somebody yeah. changed their they socks you
0: and- for money, you know what I mean? That's like the other annoying thing. like they do that a lot in the city. Like, every time you go in a store, somebody's there to open the door for you. Oh, yeah, you're going to the ATM. She had it the other day. She goes to oh, the ATM, and the guy's like, Can I get a dollar? and she's like, Yo, I just went to the ATM, they will give you like you know 20. She's like, well, I'll take a five. Can you
1: know, I got two? so mad, and I, I'm really generous, like, I think that I am like. I'm not like a cold hearted asshole. Like I've been doing EMS for 16 years and I,
3: I'm, not giving I a shit.
1: I'm still really nice. I like try to hook people up and help people out. And and I'm like, the guy's in the wrong place. You're, you're waiting in a, an ATM, you know, you're waiting in the lobby of yeah. a, a bank ATM area. Yeah, and I'm, 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 uh, I'm going in there to get money guy. you know, right. so I'm like, Oh, you got a dollar. I'm like, no, that's why I'm in here. And right. he's like, well, uh, okay, well uh, they, they dispense fives. And I, I just, I was like, it was not the right day for me i turned around i was like you think i'm gonna give you five friggin' dollars and he was like well you know i'm just saying i'm like yeah i don't have money guy i'm working 12 hours a day i like flipped out on him and but i'm like yeah. you're in the wrong place fella you're in the wrong it's, place you know
2: not sometimes because yeah it's like i'm working my ass off to get what little i'm getting
1: yes
2: i'm, I'm you with know. you all.
1: And this was also probably like in the COVID situation where it was like, we're having crazy amounts of jobs and I was just tired as shit, you know? And I'm like, dude, you're standing here. You literally opened the bank door for me. You think I'm going to give you $5 for that. Get the hell out of here. You know?
3: Right. And I was
1: just like, not, not in the right mood. I'm like, if you can piss me off, you said the wrong thing. You
3: know, <laughs> like.
2: I, I had a partner, I had a partner at one time. Uh, he used to do this all the time. Cause you could always count on these guys coming to bug you for money. And when he's seen them coming, he'd beat him to the punch. He'd ask them, you got a dollar. Oh. That's catch not them. a bad idea. Yeah, you catch them off guard because they're like, wait a minute. That's what I was about to ask you, you know.
1: <laughs> Maybe I should do that next you time I go to the ATM.
2: Mm-hmm. Think about it next time. Wherever you go, yeah, you see somebody and they're making eye contact with you and you know they're coming up to you to ask you for some money or whatever. Yeah. Ask them first, you yeah. know.
0: Look up, we're definitely going to try that. that. There's plenty wow. of
2: You'll definitely set, you're you're really gonna um, catch them off guard, and they're gonna be like, well, wait a minute here." You know, the tables have turned, and now I don't know what the yeah. hell to answer, how to say, what <laughs> "Yeah, yeah.
1: <Ay-yi-yi. laughs>
2: Laugh my ass off. That's a-
0: but in the '90s, were the jobs different? You know, was it like more trauma? You know,
2: you know, it's funny. You guys are <laughs> about jobs. Uh, we never ever we've not, It's just one of the terms, jobs. Um, were they different? Wow, that's a good question though. And I hadn't—I never thought about the answer to that. Um, back in the 90s, we had a lot more gang violence.
3: Okay.
2: Um, I remember working Southwest Detroit. Like I said, I i worked there most of my years. And I remember when I first came on, I probably had two or three years on and I'm working and, and, and it's a hotbed of of gang crime and, and, and violence.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, you had you had the cribs and the bloods you know different you know latin counts was one what was it? I can't remember the other gangs at the time and it was like always stuff going on in the news about it and so they did a uh some sort of an exposé for one of the, the the news channels and they were going to ride along with me and my partner and I'm like oh this is so cool he's like you know this ain't so cool <laughs> yeah. Now you got these guys, with camera watching over you, you gotta, you know, be on your P's and Q's, and I'm like, oh man, that'd be awesome, he's like, would you shut up, and I, I was geeked about it, but yeah, I could see his point now, why it's not, you know, because, you know, you're, you're under scrutiny,
3: yeah, yeah, and
2: so yeah, during the 90s, we had a lot of gang violence, and a lot of, uh, whether it was shootings, stabbings, or whatever, um, <laughs> I remember uh, there was a drive-by, and that same partner I was telling you about from the Malice Green incident, the one yeah. on that went, and we got a guy who was shot up during a drive-by. He he was shot in both legs, so we both were. You know, he was he was technically what we would consider on the bag. He was you okay. know doing, you know I'm the driver that yeah. day, that part of the day, and uh, we we bandaged the guy up and everything. And we go to the hospital and he ends up going to a resuscitation. You know, I don't know what you guys call it when you take a patient in that's critical and they go to a specific room where, you know, they get all the yeah.
0: attention. Yeah. It's, we, like, it's just a trauma room. Like if we take yeah. a trauma patient, it's a trauma room. And a resuscitation room is usually like if it's a cardiac arrest or somebody. Mm-hmm.
1: Or, he's, or you say we're taking them to critical.
0: Yeah. Critical.
2: So, yeah, yeah. We just recess. We call it okay. recess. So yeah, we go into recess and uh, we're, we're they're work. They're You know, they're, cutting off the bandages and such and they're like hey um did you guys look let's just say I had I worked on his left leg and he worked on his right leg (laughs) and so they're like um he's got an entrance wound and an exit wound on his right leg and I'm 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 fucking with my partner because I'm like you missed that big ass exit wound (laughs) how the fuck did you miss that and so I'm making fun of him and shit and, and turn around and they're now they're cutting the bandages off the other leg and they're like um he's got an exit wound on both legs and, he's got uh-huh. big and so now it was my turn to get ridiculed because it was you know because <laughs> i missed an exit wound as well
3: yeah. and it was
2: it was just funny as hell because i'm giving him shit and all the while i had just as much reason to be embarrassed <laughs> but I yeah think was, the
0: most embarrassing things when you mess up the count you know yeah uh,
2: yeah but i'll tell you one thing one thing that uh that i always think about when it came to uh, how things worked you know in the field was i w- I would always feel bad for whether or not I was able to help this person um, and give them everything they needed because I was by myself in the back of the ambulance mm. and one thing that always made me feel good <laughs> at the patient's expense, of course, was the fact that when you get into resuscitation and you have you have several doctors, nurses residents emts whatever and they're it's just pure chaos and i'm thinking damn you know i was just in the back of the truck by myself and i felt helpless oh, yes enough for this and here they're going through the same same issues mm-hmm. and they've got all the staff around so it always it always reassured me that okay you know you you can't do everything for everybody you yeah. know, all you can do is do your best and hope for the best yeah
1: i know and i i've actually i feel like now that i've done this for a while, like. Sometimes I can't, like, I don't know. Sometimes I just can't hold my tongue with certain things. And I had, uh, like, one time, not that long ago, I feel like, we took someone to Bellevue, which is like a trauma hospital. And, like, I think I was by myself. I don't remember what was – what's that? Is it – can you guys hear me? Oh, you closed up. Oh, okay. Um, But, yeah, like, I I think when we got into the critical area – yeah. And it was like I forget what we were doing but I was telling them, you know, this and this and giving some vitals that I got and giving them the injuries and whatever and they said something along the lines of like, "Well, what was the blood pressure?" and I was like, "Oh, uh I didn't take a blood pressure because I had all this other shit going on." Yeah. And like one of the doctors was like, "You didn't get a pressure?" And I just I don't know, like it just got so annoying. I was like, "There's one of me. There's like eight of you." You know, like, yeah. I was like kind of annoyed by it because I was just like yeah, I didn't get a blood pressure, because I was too busy ventilating this fucking guy, you know what I mean, like, trying to breathe for him, like, and it, it, like, I usually, I have to, I I go from zero to 60, I'm, like, nice, and then I'm, like, flipping out on someone, but it was, (laughs) like, it just bothered me, because I'm, like, there's, like, 10 people in this room right now, and each person's got a job, one of me was in the back with this guy, you know what I mean, like, I did my best, like, it is what it is, you know, and,
2: And and sometimes, you know, we, I guess we put ourselves on this pedestal where we have to, you know, you, you got to do this job to the best of your ability and cover all your bases. And sometimes, man, the chaos just takes over and you do what you, what's best for the person. You know, the person's still alive and you know they have a blood pressure. It may not be the best of blood pressures, but at this yeah. time, yeah, I, I, maybe I need to, you know, ventilate the guy or maybe I'm holding pressure on a wound, whatever, you know.
1: I yelled at a registration person not that long ago. We are at Kings County. I had two patients in the back. One had a head injury. One guy I was having seizures. Can. So I'm like trying to treat the guy for seizures. The other guy's got a head injury and they're like trying to get him registered. And she's like, well, what's his name? I'm like, oh. And I gave her like the hospital bracelet that this guy had still on his wrist from his last hospital visit. And she's like, well, you didn't have any ID for him. And I'm like, no, I didn't have ID. I took his word for it. You know, like and I was like, so annoyed by it. And she's like, well, I need ID. I'm like, well then figure it out. You know, like, cause I, I don't know what to tell you lady. I got two patients and there's one of me and one of those guys like having a seizure. The other one's like not doing so hot. I didn't look through his pockets to find his ID. I just right. took his hospital bracelet oh, and handed it to yeah, you. Absolutely.
2: You know? and, and the thing is you, you have an obligation to the doctors and nursing staff. You don't have an obligation to registration clerks, you know, yeah. they got, you got a job to do but guess what my job was a little more important at the time yeah. so you have an opportunity to if you have to make him a john doe or whatever fine i don't care yeah. you know that's not his his you know his survival yeah you know yeah that's yeah oh i could be a real asshole when it came to stuff like that
0: that's there's only like, one yeah. hospital that really gives us,
1: oh, no. us over
2: that,
0: and that
1: yeah, was we, that one we, hospital yeah,
0: we stay oh, away I from know. there as much as we can
1: Unless you get hurt in like a ten block vicinity of that yeah, hospital, we're not going I'm there. not trying to take we're not going there. It, it, there
2: you there. It like
1: bothers the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. So,
2: yep. yeah. yeah, it's it's an insult though. You know, you're thinking about it. I understand you have a job to do, mm-hmm. but your job ranks kind of low. You know, on, on the name? You know? Yeah, you know, it's, it's just their name. Yeah. and
1: and, like the reality was like it wasn't like they didn't have his name like they did have his name and his birthday because it was on his hospital bracelet and he was like he was alert enough he was alert to person so that Mm -hmm. he could verify that that was his name that's all i got for you like Mm -hmm. i'm sorry i didn't stop him he he was laying in a home depot parking lot you think i'm gonna like try to figure out where the guy lives go to his house get his id like you know what i mean like he's a drunk homeless guy like i don't know where his id is he probably doesn't have one you know and that's not for me to figure out. That's for you to
2: figure out. You know, and I think about it, and in hindsight, it's like, well, yeah, they got a job to do, and they want to do their job to the best abilities. And you know, in the heat of the moment, maybe I shouldn't have, you know, yelled at them or said something. But <laughs> it is, you know, you're you've got you have your job, and she has her job. Yeah. And her your job isn't to do her job. No. Your job, your own job. Yeah. With, yeah. A little redundant there repetitive <laughs> it
3: you, makes know, it, you yeah. know
2: it is so.
3: what we gotta do you got to so.
2: do but uh um like i was saying before though yeah the the 90s was a lot more uh crack and gang related violence um i'm trying to think. that's that's about the best i can, the best way i can put it really mm. you know it's the violent love the violence the uh, the amount of cruel violence, probably. Mm. You know, I think as as time passes, I think we just get to a point where people are just like, you know, they want to do things to the to the tenth power. You know, it's yeah. it's it's you know so so much more horrific. You know, mm. the way they treat each other in the streets now. You know, and whether it's just because you know uh, uh, they've spent a lifetime, you know not respecting or cherishing a a human life or what makes it worse the violence you see on tv i don't know yeah i don't know but you uh, you had
0: um, a bicycle shooting right like you guys had ride by i think you called it
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i i i I always laugh about it i don't mean to laugh because it's a horrible thing but i me and uh one of my old partners were talking about it after the run he was he was kind of like uh uh animating this whole thing and he's like yeah this guy's just riding up on his like three speed and you hear the the we the 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 pedals creaking as he's pedaling him nice. and gets off the bike and you know puts the kickstand down and it makes a squeaky noise and then here he just lights up the house gets back on and pedals away Jeez, you
0: know? that's next level gangster shit.
2: yeah know. you know nothing that's- like he's delivering newspapers or something you know just so mm. casual Oh yeah it's just crazy some of the some of the shootings like I said we'd you know we we had uh and I can't say that we've had a lot or I haven't heard of anything to that magnitude um from when I was working, but we'd get a lot of multiple shootings you know, like so whether it was a house party or a restaurant um nightclubs stuff like that I mean they would just spray these you know these places up and just you know maximum amount of damage it's just the uh, you know mm-hmm. the uh, the carnage was yeah kind of uh kind of out of a movie, you know yeah. it didn't yeah. seem realistic. Uh, mm-hmm. you know. were
1: you Jim when you retired, were you still working on an ambulance up until that point
2: no I, I, my last six months was uh was at apparatus uh in supply uh restocking uh trucks um handing out supplies logistics stuff like that and it was a nice it was a nice change of pace because um and i still talk about it to today because when i was on the road you had to monitor your radio i mean we had computers in the trucks we had computers in quarters but they would expect you to monitor that radio 12 Mm. you know 12 hours a day and uh, when i went down to apparatus uh my captain down there he was like this is a, a um, what did? How do you put it? I can't remember exactly how you put it. Something to the fact that uh, no radio is allowed in this area here. Uh-huh, you know? Okay. So, so you had some peace and quiet. Yeah. You yeah. You know, medic, You know, because you know, you get. You know, I'm. Everybody knows how it is. You work in, at a unit for so long, you hear your unit, and you're sleeping. You wake right back oh, up. Oh yeah, of course. But but you're you know you're completely oblivious to everything else. Yeah. And you know, and it would be the same anywhere else. And so, yeah, it was, we, we didn't monitor the radios unless we were out on the air okay. and uh, looking for a truck, you know, catching up with them to give out supplies or switch out the units. Um, so yeah, that was nice. It was nice. Uh, it was a nice way to end my career, um, Ooh. hanging out down there. And the cool thing was I worked midnights like I did most of the time and we had, uh, we had segways down there. Oh, wow. And- oh, Wow. So if I was all caught up with my work, I would take the Segway out and ride around in the in the in the uh, in the apparatus area. Ah. Or a, and if it was real slow, I'd go out on the road. I'd take it out on the street because our east our uh, apparatus was in Eastern Market. Eastern Market's one of those. Um, I don't know if you have anything like it. I'm sure you do, where um, they have big buildings where they get all the produce, meats, and all that stuff. Okay, yeah. And, in know, the Bronx,
1: yeah. we have something like that.
2: Yeah. And so at night it's pretty much dead around there. So I go out on the on the Segway and ride around the neighborhood, you know. Oh,
1: that's just, nice.
2: Yeah. Just me and me and the me in the streets. That was it. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, you can get your work done. You can do about anything you wanted to do. Just like cruising around when you're not on a run, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Did
0: you guys did you guys like um I don't know, we call it buffing or you know, stealing somebody's jobs. Did you guys steal people's jobs?
4: Uh
2: yeah. Um, um
0: what was your, uh,
3: especially,
2: especially if it was in our area, like I I keep mentioning, I know I've mentioned it to you several times about the Cass corridor, uh, being the area where, you know, uh, predominantly homeless, uh, populated with a lot of homeless people yeah. and a lot of, a lot of shelters. And, um, it was kind of a big deal to me that my area was always covered and that, you know, we they, you'd go to the shelters and they'd want to go to the hospital for the stupidest stuff. Yeah. And the staff knew, hey, don't call unless it's something real. Mm. And so come in and, and you find out that, you know, that the, the staff would be like, we didn't call. He went to that payphone in the back of the building and called, mm. you know, because they knew how we were. Yeah. And so when we were out on a run or in quarters and we heard somebody else getting a run in our area, you know, you felt um, kind of a responsibility. To, yeah. to make sure that, you know, hey, we're taking care of our business. Our yeah. our our you know our runs are covered. You know, if it was in somebody else's area, if it was a shooting or something that was, yeah. you know, kind of crazy, yeah, you would try and get it. You know, you try and take the run from them. But uh, mainly it was always making sure your shit was tight and that your area was covered and nobody had to come in into your area. So it's
3: oh.
2: always a, a kind of a point of pride for us, you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: I feel I get that. I think, you know, like when you do your job and you like doing your job, you, you know, you sort of want to pick up the calls in your area. You don't want other people to kind of have to like take your jobs because you're who knows doing what, you know, it's a point of pride. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Until I got burnt out. Then I didn't (laughs)
1: get
4: shit. Yeah. I think everybody
0: gets to that point, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And you got to find something that'll bring you back into it. Yeah. -hmm. Um, How many years were you in before you had like, you know.
3: Really um, bad...
2: Probably about eighteen years. Oh wow. now, Yeah, before that, I, I was telling you last night, man, I loved the job. It was no place I'd rather be. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then once my son was born, he was born in uh, '99. Okay. Took I took off as much time as I possibly could. I'd call off sick. You know, no. I took uh, took my time out of my bank. You know, I'd take general leave days as often as possible. And being that I had a higher, you know, higher seniority, I could put in for that general leave. And I was pretty much guaranteed that I would get it because I was the higher seniority.
3: Yeah.
2: So on my long week where I'd have to work four days, I'd take a a Saturday off. So, you know, it was always, I was always working short weeks. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, I got, more was like, yeah, I was on attendance control cause I was using up so much sick time. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't want to be at work. I wanted to hang out with, with my, with my kid, you know, hang yeah. out with my girlfriend. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. About 18 years. It really, uh, it really got to the point where I was like, nah, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. You know, and the city and the administration and the supervision didn't make it any better. Yeah. You know, it, it made it, it made it worse, obviously. So
0: so 2008 that was about 2008 and that was around the time of the bankruptcy right you're getting in there yeah and so you said the supervisors i remember reading something that they were popping people for untucked shirts
2: oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean they would come at you with the, the just the stupidest you know pettiest stuff your shirt's untucked you know you uh you know you if you had long hair cuz at one point you know I, you may not be able to imagine now but i had yeah. long hair ponytail yeah So yeah you can't wear your ponytail out or you know I had uh, I had earrings as well you know which I still do I just sometimes I wear them sometimes I don't but yeah it was like come on now really you know we we, we're dealing with so much and you got to come at me with you know this stupid
3: yeah
2: oh yeah
0: and the other thing what colors were your uniforms when you started
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we were talking about this yeah. yesterday. Yo, uh, this is bad. It was a khaki brown shirt and uh, forest green pants. You know? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> like, like forest with,
1: rangers.
2: Yeah, well, the but that's what that's the same pretty much the same colors that the bus drivers used to wear. Wow! And it was, you know, you can't do, you can't get us something better than this, mm-hmm. and so eventually uh, we ended up going to uh, blue samphires like the uh, like fireside we wear. And that man, that set them off. They were pissed, you know, because mm. they they didn't like EMS too much. You know, there was a lot of animosity. They treated us like redheaded stepchildren, and uh, and so when we were started to wear blue samurai, they're like, "Oh hell no!" You know, you can't you can't be wearing the same uniforms as us. So yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't uh, accepted very well through uh, fireside. So mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But always a lot of animosity for the longest time. And I I touched on this point yesterday, um uh frequently. The yeah, just the fact that yeah, we were treated like redhead stepchildren and uh these young guys they they don't they don't know the price that that we paid, you know, the, the the lack of respect. Uh like I said when I first came on, some of the firehouses um EMS crews were you know their 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 quarters were uh a, a, a couple chairs and a desk sitting in the middle of the bay where the fire truck sits you know or um yeah. or a closet closet that had you know you could fit a couch and a desk with the chair and you know that's it you know oh my gosh which which of course was right next to the next to the shitter so if anybody <laughs> was shitting or pissing you get you got to hear the whole thing you know <laughs> so yeah, yeah. so these young guys now you know they uh uh, you know, fire had to accept the fact that they were going to be uh, a bigger, uh, bigger part of uh, a medical first responder, you mm-hmm. know, because they resisted it as long as they possibly could. And eventually they, they, they couldn't, they couldn't fight it any longer. So they had to become medical first responders. And uh, they even made it to where if you didn't have your promotion to an EMT or a MFR, mm-hmm. you no longer work so they weren't saying you were fired they just said you could no longer work wow so yeah so the thing is they they eventually caught on to that idea that you know what we could actually benefit from this because they started to put things into their contract where okay if you became an emt you you know you qualify to make more money Mm. or promotional uh positions for promotion were were uh dependent on whether or not you had those uh, certifications as well Hmm. Hmm. at some point they had to realize that okay ems is is somebody that's not going anywhere Hmm. and we're gonna have to you know make friends make nice with them so these young guys uh they're at the advantage of where that that that's the relationship now is fire is is more toward ems whereas we didn't you know like i It sucked, but, you know, we were so busy. It really didn't matter most times because you weren't even around to see anything. You, know, you yeah. weren't even, you weren't around to enjoy the, the downtime at quarters. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you get, you get back to quarters and they're pissed off because, well, you didn't do your, you know, your daily chores clean up around quarters or sweep the bay down or whatever. It's like, well, Hey, guess what? I was a little bit busy. You know, yeah. so, My ass! I can't help that. I didn't get this done. Yeah. So, wow yeah a lot of petty stuff Uh,
1: were there any ems stations that weren't part of fire or or was it like
2: um no all of them um there were a couple back in the day um, in my first five years less than 10 years i was telling you pete about the uh, impact units they uh, were you it it sounds cool cool. but all it was is we came on at four in the afternoon and got off at 12 it was 8.4 hours a day, five days a week, and they felt like that would make an impact on the run volume. So, hence the name impact units. Impact. And one of them was working out of a DPW yard, which is Detroit Public Works, I think, yeah. something like that. And um, yeah, pretty much that was, the, I think, one of the only ones that wasn't inside a firehouse.
3: Mm.
2: And then, um, then they made a super station about 10 years ago in southwest detroit that housed uh several fire units two ems units and a police precinct so it was a big it was kind of a big building so yeah but uh otherwise we've always been inside the firehouse so at at one point we had one chief chief kelly he uh he had this great idea that we were going to dynamically deploy you know they they uh they did all the, um, they took all the information, all the logistics and, and would figure out where most of these runs were taking place, you know, and they, he figured that he could put units on the road and keep them out on the street in those areas. And that was going to best um, handle the run volume. And it never did work out. Thank God, because that would just been, you know, Miserable as it is. You know, most times you weren't, you were too busy to go back to quarters, but there was a few times where you, you know, it did, we get slow and you want to go back to quarters and just lay your head down for a hot second, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. So we never had to dynamically deploy. So that was a good thing. That's what we do. I know,
1: that's what we do. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Since we got (laughs) us one and a half doors, it's a little bit, it's, it's a lot. I didn't, I've only had a few years of the two doors, but the one and a half doors make make it a lot better
1: yeah because you can lean back and you
2: know -hmm. yeah it's um it's it's not always bad having to be in the ambulance i mean because you know if you're people watching or you know just or you know i'd have partners where we have a a small dvd player you know portable dvd player and watch movies (laughs) and uh, sometimes you didn't even want to go back in the quarters you were just happy where you were at you know yeah and this maybe this is superstitious and uh but you know, we'd go to quarters and you don't want to push that quarters button. Cause then it's like, you're sure to get another run, you know,
1: yeah.
2: but you don't want to lay down because it's like that, that, that pressure switch in the couch that you believe is there that yeah. lets this, you're trying to relax. is going to yeah. be set. Yeah. You know? yeah.
0: I never but, take my boots off. I don't take my boots off.
2: See, that's what I'm saying. I take my boots off. Yep. Cause you're almost You just know you're going to catch a run, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's those crazy things that you uh, put in your head and, and, uh, you get used to being out in the truck. And like I said, sometimes it was just, it, you were fine with that, you know? Uh, a lot of hey, good time.
0: These kids don't know the struggle about a DVD player. Ah. <laughs> like the four inch screen and you're both like
2: huddled together watching it. Yeah. 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 I remember me and my old partner, um, one of my old partners, we were doing that very same thing. We are huddled together watching what movie was that? Uh, it was a scary movie where that, um, that girl, that dead girl, came out of the movie, the, the TV screen. Oh, the ring. The ring.
1: Yeah. <laughs> out of Me too. I don't. I don't think I'd want to watch that in an ambulance.
2: We're too like four, forty year old guys, and we're all huddled together and scared because this movie's, you know, freaky. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it was important that we got to watch the movie uninterrupted. That
3: yeah.
0: Was yeah. Oh, that is the biggest thing when oh, you. Yeah.
3: I know.
2: Mhm, it yeah. is. Yeah. Lately, Sometimes.
0: we've been getting through full movies, and it's it's rare.
2: And, it and, is, and see that that's and that's how you gauge the night by. If somebody was to ask you, "How was your night?" Oh, it was great. We got to watch three movies. You know, I know. If, you know, if you can say that, that wow, you had some real downtime, didn't you? You know. So, yeah, I said that know.
1: the other day to somebody. They were like, "Wow, you guys were slow tonight." I'm like, "Well, I was like, we did two jobs, we buffed two jobs, and we watched an entire movie." like that's <laughs> that yeah. was an
2: awesome night you know there you go yeah yeah it's the little things in life that's that's what you you learn to appreciate the little things when it comes to
1: yeah. like this
0: i have to go but. find medicine i be right back uh,
1: okay so <laughs> i was going to ask you so you retired after 25 years is that correct
2: yeah yeah with uh with fireside and dpd the uh, police you uh it's 20 and out they only okay. have to and see, that was that sucked, but that was just union. You know, they had a bigger, stronger union than us. So for us, it was 25 and out. So. Which is
1: pretty much for us, too. Yeah. And, I mean, when you retired, like, were you able to retire pretty okay? Like, I know there was some issue going on with your pensions um, <laughs> a couple of years back.
2: Yeah, it wasn't just our pension. Um, before I retired, we took a 10% pay cut. That was citywide. 10% pay cut. Uh, they, they increased the amount of money that we had to pay on our benefits. Yikes. Uh, they reduced some of the benefits that were um, some of the different variations. It's different, uh, you know, whether it was Blue Cross PPO or Blue Cross Traditional. Some of them were, uh, were, uh, were removed from the list of um, choices. And on top of that, uh, when the city went bankrupt, Uh, they went back and they said that they had been paying us too much in our annuities. And that uh, the, the, I'm trying to remember exactly the explanation. It's been, it's been a little while either way. So what they ended up doing was taking 10%, I believe it was 10% of our annuities back. So if you retired and received, you know, they paid you out all your annuities and then they calculated how much that you owed them because they overpaid you by 10%. Now you were expected to have to pay them back.
4: Wow.
2: So it was lucky. I was lucky enough to have left after all that. So they took it, you know, off the top. I think I'm trying to remember if it was like 12 or $15,000 out of my annuities. Oh my God. Considerable amount of money. Yeah. Yeah lost a hell of a lot more it all depend it depended on uh, whether or not you had them taken out three five or seven percent um out of your check mm-hmm. so yeah some people lost a hell of a lot more than i did you know but what a slap in the face you know
1: yeah absolutely you
2: know you're losing 10 percent of your pay you're losing you're, lo- you're having to pay more in your benefits and now all of a sudden you're telling me that they called it the clawback program you know and and that's exactly what they had to do because people didn't want to give it back, you know?
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it really sucked.
0: So. They just made everybody whole, right? Like a couple of years ago?
2: Uh, you mean as in paid them back?
0: Well, not paid them back, but they got, didn't you guys take like a pay cut too?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and everything? We took 10% pay cut. I don't need, you know what? I'm so out of touch. I don't know yeah. if they hold since then or what's the case, what the case is. And, you know, the thing is, I would think I would be do some retro pay if that's the case. Mm-hmm. And, uh, wow, well, maybe I need to call somebody to find out. <laughs> like I said, I'm just out of touch. I you know I talked to Kelly every now and then, and I, you know, talked to a few people on Facebook, but yeah, it's, yeah, there's really not a lot of people left. The turnover yeah. rate, is unbelievable. I'm, tur- I'm sure the turnover rate for you guys, yeah, everybody goes to fire. So,
0: what's your? How long does your average person stay?
2: I don't know. I, you know, I really couldn't say. I really couldn't say. That's something I never thought about. You yeah. know, for people weren't going anywhere. People were happy. We, uh, like, like I said, from the time I came on, there was no camaraderie. Those old timers, they they came, did their job, and they left. They didn't want to be mm. bothered.
3: Yeah.
2: And then when uh, when groups, you know, uh, academies came out after mine. We, uh, we changed all that. I mean, we, we, ha- we hang out together on our off days. Yeah. You know, a bunch of us either had motorcycles, uh, jet skis or boats. And uh, I mean, on our days off, we go out to the water, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. take the family jet ski and turn around and I bought a jet boat. And, you know, cause now we wanted to go out, and, you know, there's certain islands that you could go out and hang out at yeah. on the island and spend your day out there. And uh, yeah. But, uh, when I first came on, it was no camaraderie and we turned it around. We, and it went, it was like that for quite some time. So I'd have to say at least 10, 15 years was the average somewhere in there. There's a lot of guys, uh, you know, whether they moved on to different fire departments in yeah. the sub, but those jobs were hard to come by because, you know, people Didn't don't know retire reason. jobs yeah. until they just can't do the job anymore. Yeah. You know, nah. Those are yeah. good jobs that you just, you know, they don't fall off of trees. So. No,
3: no.
0: Yep, you were telling me a funny job about some water yesterday.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we had a run for uh, on Belle Isle Island, uh, Juliet. It, it's it's a, a island that sits in the middle of the Detroit River. It kind of sure. sits between uh, uh, Detroit and Canada, and uh, they have the Grand Prix there every year. Uh, they do a lot of stuff on on the island now. And it's, it's uh, state-owned now, so they, uh, they've really turned it around. But uh, in my first few years, I had a run on the island for a guy and his girlfriend that were in a car, and they're flying past Harbor Masters, and, which is uh, right when you get on the island. It's, it's, it's situated not too far from the, the bridge. And this guy was choking her and beating her as he drove down the road and drove into the river.
3: Oh my and, God.
2: <laughs> yeah,.
0: So, so
2: we get the We get the run, and um, we get there, and there's a harbor master boat, small boat, no bigger than a fishing boat out there, and they've got like a little grappling hook on a rope, and they're throwing it in the water trying to see if they can hook the car. And finally, they get the uh, dive team there from uh, Detroit Police and state police show up. And now this is a big operation. And uh, we're waiting to see what's going, what's going to happen, whether or not they're going to find this car. So all of a sudden, after about 15, 20 minutes, the divers come up and they're like, uh, do we have any witnesses as to where this happened? And uh, this guy's like, yeah, they went in over there. It was like 100, 200 yards from where they were looking. It's like mm-hmm. they never thought where this car went in in the first place. Had they looked, you know, had they asked somebody, which is the first thing they probably should have done. But uh, they found the car, they dragged it out, and sure enough, the guy and the girl were in there. And so they're both in cardiac arrest. So me and my partner, we we took them both. You know, we could we couldn't call for a second unit, but it would have taken too much time. So we figured yeah. we'll take them both, yeah. and and we had one of the guys from Fireside drive the truck, drive the ambulance to the hospital. <laughs> and so we're you know we're going code one to the. Ho- Do you guys run code one for? Uh, serious emergencies, or do you yeah. go, it is code one uh, for you guys?
0: I don't even know what they call it.
4: I don't know. I mean, I know
0: like lights and sirens are no lights. Yeah, oh, okay. no lights.
2: yeah. Well, no. Code one yes. is your highest priority lights and sirens. And so we're going to uh receiving hospital, the main trauma center, with, with two code one patients, you know, both CPR. And um, she, you could tell she had stretch marks that were pretty fresh on her stomach. So she just recently had a baby. Mm. And So we go to receiving and we're, you know, it's the middle of the summertime. So we're sweating our asses off, you know, uniform soaked in sweat. And we go into resuscitation with both of them and we come out and there's like a resident and he's standing there with a cup of water, two cups of water in his hand, matter of fact, and thinking maybe he was going to give them to us. The guy from Fireside that was driving, he's like, here, you look like you could use this. And he gave him the cup of water.
1: Oh my God.
2: my mind because i'm like you motherfucker all this work and you're giving this guy all the credit
0: yo i think i would have poured the water out like right in front of him like, i
1: oh. know
2: that, it, it was yeah it pissed me off and Jesus. i'm like oh it was drive you know he gets all, he, he's the hero he's the hero in, yeah. situation.
1: in the like, front with air conditioning drive into a hospital
2: well i wouldn't say all that because back in the Back at that time, most of our trucks, they were pieces of shit, and the air, con- air conditioning didn't wow. close of them anyway.
3: Oh, but my gosh.
2: That's all he had to drive, so.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah, what's, we, yeah uh, what's the
1: most
0: interesting place that you've pulled somebody out of?
2: Off the top wow. Of wow, that was, man. Mm-hmm. I wish you'd have asked me this question. I asked you
0: that later. <laughs> I, <laughs> I should have <laughs> asked you that one last night. I thought um, about this today.
3: Oh,
2: yeah, I'll tell you. I know where it was. Um, I was on that impact shift, and it was me and a couple other guys. The one, the partner, my one partner that was in the Malice Green deal I was telling okay. you about, and uh, and our other partner. Matter of fact, it was the guy who I told you would ask the, the homeless guy for money before the homeless guy could ask him. Yeah. It was, but uh, it was three Hispanic guys, and and we we're yeah. It was uh it was interesting because people always made fun of the fact that, you know, okay, all three guys are Hispanic, and you're all working southwest Detroit, and it's you know, mm-hmm. like the Hispanic connection, you know, kind of a... mm-hmm. But we got to run to this oil refinery and uh these guys, it was three guys, they were in the sewer drains and they mm-hmm. were vacuuming out sludge or something, and they were over overcome by the fumes. Mm-hmm. And one guy he he died down in there because matter of fact the other two guys were standing on top of him. yeah and and the other two that survived they had some serious respiratory burns because the chemicals that were down in there were just you know they were so caught so so yeah they survived but because they were able to stand on top of the other guy um yeah Mm -hmm. they they were pretty they were pretty sick too like I said those the caustic uh, uh, chemicals that were in there they burned their lungs and stuff but you know know, I'm just trying to think if there was anything that was more you know that stands out in my mind more Uh, that's probably one of the most interesting places to pull somebody out of
1: yeah for
2: sure
0: how many babies you deliver
2: (laughs) you know I never kept track of that I never kept track of that you have that
0: many all right
2: yeah, I, you know, a bunch. I will say it was a bunch. And I'll tell you, it's, it's funny because as the EMT, when you're first getting your license, uh, you're so excited about it. I'm sure you were. You weren't excited? Really? I was. No. I've, I've, only still ca- am. I've only
0: caught one. And it, it went, it was south. The whole that, job.
2: It was. That's a good way to put it. You caught one because I mean, we only do so much. It's not, you know, it's not like you're every run you're going to reach in there and, you know, mm-hmm. pull them out. But uh yeah, a bunch. Matter of fact, one of my first ones, matter of fact, when I first got out of the academy and you're a probationary technician and I'm working with a couple of old timers. Matter of fact, I was working with the guy, one of the guys, one of them was the first guy to ever retire from Detroit EMS. Oh, wow. wow. And the other guy was a real hard ass. They called him Boss Moss. Cause <laughs> I mean, he, he was one of them guys that who, you really had to earn your respect. Yeah. And, Yeah, that was, we went on a run and this, she was a 29 year old woman having her first child and supposedly she didn't even know she was pregnant Mm -hmm. and she delivered it in the toilet. Yeah. So we we resuscitated the baby from the toilet Mm -hmm. and that was the first one. So like I said, yeah, I didn't even deliver it. It's just, I pulled it out of the toilet and resuscitated it. That was the first one. And then I got certified right after that. And oh yeah, there was like I said, there was plenty, and I hated it because it just the smell permeates your clothes, (laughs) you and you don't even even if you don't get anything on you, you just smell it all night, and you're thinking you're paranoid, thinking you did. Um, (laughs) I'll tell you, here, here, this one, this one uh, is one of those stories that I I just will never forget. I was working an overtime shift on the deep east side at Medic 15. Time was known for being the big busiest EMS and firehouse in the United States. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And um, we went on a run for an OB, and we get there, and this this girl's she's pregnant with twins, and she's only six months. And so you're thinking, okay, you know,
3: <laughs> being a
2: little dramatic here, you're doing a lot of crying and this yeah. and that. And this whole time we're upstairs, and then upstairs a uh, apartment like a bungalow upstairs uh, mm-hmm. yeah upstairs apartment and i kept hearing the downstairs door to the lower apartment opening up like they're being nosy trying to listen in on what's going on and so uh this girl's just she's not wearing all her clothes she's wearing like a t-shirt and she's in her undies and so my partner's like well go ahead and get the stair chair we're gonna have to carry her down oh. and um and he's gonna get her dressed so I go out and I go down the stairs and hear the door slam to the downstairs apartment. And so I go out, come back with a stair chair, and, I, and I'm going back up. And this door opens up again because they're, want, you know, they're wanting to see what's going on. Yeah, Just be nosy as they possibly could. So I go upstairs, and she's crying and screaming like she's going through some serious contractions. And she's got her shorts halfway on, and all of a sudden I hear this whoosh, and her water broke. Yeah, and no, so but the thing is the water didn't just break one he of the baby, one of the babies. Oh,
4: wow.
2: And so, you know, like I said, thank God she didn't have her, her shorts all the way on. So he pulls the shorts off and the baby is just sitting there lifeless uh, on her shorts. And she had a two year old there with her, you know, yeah. and we kept asking her, well, who's going to watch the baby? She's like, I don't have anybody to watch the baby. And so mm-hmm. as as i as we're sitting here, and this is happening in just such a you know short period of time, everything's yeah. just right up on top of each, of each other, and the baby's sitting there and she's crying, and this two-year-old grabbed a slipper or a sandal, I think mm-hmm. it was a sandal, and ran over and smacked the the fetus that was lying on the front, on the floor, and my partner, you know, he kind of wound up his arm, and he went yeah. like he was going to smack the baby, but all he did was push the, the little boy back.
3: Yeah.
2: I'm thinking, what the, the rats around here must be huge because he, you know, he must have thought of a rat or something, you know. And I was just like, know oh, my jaw <laughs> oh my dropped. God. I, mm. So yeah, so then I'm like, okay, who's gonna watch this? Who's gonna watch your son? Because you know, yeah. somebody's got to, you know, he's got to stay somewhere.
3: Yeah.
2: So I'm like, I'm gonna go ask those people downstairs. As soon as I said that, you hear the door slam back, you know, because it's like they don't want to be bothered with now because yeah. now they know somebody yeah. wants them to be responsible for uh, helping out. And so, yeah, we took them to the hospital, and the second one was born, and it was still born as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, that that little kid smacking the shit out of that little six month old fetus bed, it was just like, oh my god, I give wow. up. Oh, yeah. I don't
1: know what a crazy job.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What happens to that kid when he cries? <laughs>
1: That's
3: where
0: learn it from? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'll tell cool. you. you know, um, we were talking about, I think we were talking about last night. We were talking about runs that stick out in your mind about yeah. you know, you know, dramatic or whether they scarred you uh, emotionally or psychologically or whatever. Uh, another one that I had that, uh, it, 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 the job I work now, we we were stationed at a different location than where we are now, and it just happened to be that I was working at a uh, at the at a unit out of Eastern Market. And we had two units working there and it was like four or five o'clock in the morning. We get, we both get runs for shootings and they're like a block apart. Yeah. And um, so they send both units just to be on the safe side and we get there. And what it was is this guy and this girl were supposedly going to the dumpsters to dump their garbage mm-hmm. from their, uh, their apartment where they lived. Yeah. And supposedly got robbed and, the assailant shot her in the torso okay. mm. numerous times and then shot the boyfriend in the hand and so we get there and we're both units are there and we right away we see her and she's standing there in the middle of the street talking to the cops and like you know it's kinda, yeah it's kind of weird you know because you're thinking okay well if somebody's shot mm. she doesn't die, she's standing there talking to the cops yeah they, she wasn't really talking to them. I guess she, she, she was scared. She wouldn't talk. So we got her and we didn't waste any time on the scene. We got her in a truck. We cut her down and, um, you know, stripped her down and we're trying to get IV started, you know, and we got to the hospital in no time. And my partner, he stayed on the scene to take the, the, the boyfriend, you know, when when finished giving whatever information he could to the cops. So we got her to, uh, to the hospital and uh we go into recess and by this time they already had three two units two i shouldn't say units they had sent over from hutzel hospital which was the uh, ob hospital that was in the same medical center they sent two teams to work the babies and so they did emergency c-section as soon as they laid this girl down on the table and to do the c-section she she crashed and so they took the babies and the one baby was dead he was shot and the second one, never did find out what happened to the second one, but man, I'll tell you, every time I would go to my, to, to work to that other job uh, for the private ambulance company yeah. I worked for, always would think about that every time I couldn't pass by that corner without thinking yeah. about that and yeah. it was right corner from the job. So I was always thinking about it, Yeah. but yeah, crazy stuff.
3: Mm.
1: Mm. You know, I mean, and these are the things that like, I feel like when you work EMS, you just kind of like you know, some things affect you obviously more than others, but we just kind of like do these jobs, you know, it's like what's expected. And obviously someone needs to do it. But I always think like, you know, your average person who doesn't do this, like, this would be like the worst day of their life, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. to have those kind of things. And, and they're just part of our a long career of EMS, you know, like something that you just kind of deal with, like, you know, with all the other hundreds of calls that are equally horrific.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: uh, I don't know. That's like, that's EMS, you know, and.
2: Yeah. It's, it's something that you, you know, most people wouldn't be able to handle whether it would send in them, send them in into some sort of psychosis or breakdown or whatever the case may be. And yeah, we just deal with it. You know, like it's just another day in the life.
3: Yeah.
2: And, uh, it catches up with us all, you know, yeah. I can talk. It, it, uh, it was one of my most horrific runs, but I could talk about it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's definitely by any means not the only horrific run that you know that, that I was on, and uh, you know, they yeah. don't all stand out in my mind, but there are a few. You know. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm over here trying to text as I'm trying to talk to you guys. <laughs>
3: okay.
0: Yeah, it's it's just weird to have like you shut out a bunch of runs. You know, and then there's just like one or two that just always stay there.
3: Oh yeah. No matter yeah. what. Yeah, I think
2: I, I think I told you uh yeah, I did. I told you about the the two little guys that uh, were executed.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, you gotta hear this. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, if you wanna tell it, she didn't I didn't tell her this one.
2: Oh, yeah. Um it uh was another side run and it was a shooting and uh what happened was this guy he was Dealing drugs, selling drugs, doing whatever. And he stole drugs or money from this crew. And they snatched his up his ass up on the east side and, you know, beat his ass and took him to his girlfriend's house on the west side. And because uh, they figured the money or drugs were there. So they went to that house. They tore the house up. Couldn't find the drugs or money. They beat the girlfriend with a clothing iron and still couldn't get anything out of him. And uh, the, the crew that did all this was a, a female and like two or three guys. Mm. And so when none of that had worked, she told the guys to shoot the little kids. It was like an 11-year-old and a 13-year-old.
1: Good God.
2: And, you know, they're like, I'm not shooting them. You know, neither, yeah. none of the guys wanted to do it. So the female did it. The female ended wow. up killing, shooting these two little kids in the back of the head. And, it's a you know, it was a bungalow-style house. I don't know if you're familiar with a, what a bungalow style house is. It's basically, it's uh, usually two stories. First story has most uh, most of all the rooms. The upstairs usually ends up being like a big bedroom. Um, mm. Where you walk into the front door of the house and you turn to the right. And, you know, it basically would be where you would put a couch in a living room. And that's where the two, two kids were. And they were just laying in this huge pool of blood and gray matter. And the cops told us that, yeah, we, you know, they thought that the two kids were, you know, worked for the guy or, or, you know, he mm-hmm. they were like his drug mules or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. So it was easy enough to, to rationalize that they were bad kids. You know, at least that's the impression that everybody got. You know? and, but then after they did all this and he still wouldn't give up any information, they shot him uh, in his junk, you know?
1: Oh my.
2: Yeah. And, they left him. And so by the time we get to the scene, the family's outside and they're irate. And of course, the cops aren't letting them in because it's a police homicide. Scene. And so we get in there and uh, he's laid in the middle of the living room. And, um, you know, he's real stoic. He's not, he's not saying much of anything just appears like it didn't bother him whatsoever. And, uh, yeah, that, uh, was funny because I was at the time I was doing nursing school so I was taking prerequisites at, uh, uh, one of the local colleges yeah. and they always like to hear all the stories, you know, cause they were new in the medical field. And, and here I am this, you know, guy from EMS. And, uh, so I told them about, I was, I, they'd asked me about what was the worst run you had kind of deal or what's, what did you have this week? Kind of, you know, whatever. And I told them about that. And then, so the next week we came back to work, to school and one of my, uh, classmates, she brings in this article and they did an article on the two kids. And uh, it was easy enough to rationalize that, you know, these were bad kids, you know, and it makes it easy to accept the fact that they were killed. And so she shows me the article, and it, it was like a human interest story on these two kids, and talked about how they loved school and they were good mm-hmm. kids. And, that. and I'm like, why did you have to show me that? I know. Fine with thinking that they were just bad kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. Fortunately, that's you know the, the path that they were leading down, and yeah. eventually going to happen. And yeah, when she, when I read that shit, I was like, man, I did not need to know that stuff. I know. And you know,
1: All it's right. it's like it's one of those things. Like people always question too. I mean, like obviously the father's reaction, or you know, you kind of feel like, oh well, he was stoic. And I feel like, or maybe uncooperative or whatever. And it's like maybe, you know, maybe he was not giving any information because he already had a plan. Like that, you know, they took this away from him. He's gonna take care of oh, yourself because yeah. you know you can't really always depend on the cops
2: to like take well, care
3: that,
2: of that's just the way, the way it is now that nobody uh, you know you're not you can't be a narc you know you you, yeah. s- you have to the streets has to handle yeah and to, yeah and that yes. never could be the case either i, mean, yeah. I never thought about that not I mean, that it makes it any easier but
3: no <laughs>
1: but yeah you know it's it's because sometimes you do we have jobs where like you know things happen and and you know, the family members' uh, reaction to the situation sometimes seems unusual, like, compared to the severity of, like, the situation, but I, and I always wonder, like, why, you know, people are, I mean, people respond to things differently, you know, so you never really know why someone responds to things the way they do, but I always see, like, in newspapers, they'll, you know, like, someone's child will get shot, and then they're like, oh, the, you know, father was uncooperative, and I'm like, yeah, no shit. I'd be uncooperative too, you know, like, because I'd be like biding my time to I like, could get out there and like take care of the shit myself, you know? So.
2: Yeah. Uh, street justice is is more of a thing, you know, that they, you know, that's, that's part of, uh, you know, society nowadays, you know? Like you said, we're not going to narc on whoever did this, we're going to handle it. We're going to let the street handle this, you know?
0: And it's yeah. uh, a cycle, it's a perpetual cycle. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it, uh, there was a, a situation, been a bunch of years now. I can't even remember how many years Some time flies. But uh, there was a uh, situation where these young kids, they were like high school kids. They After school, they would hang out at, you know, like the party stores. Like I was talking about the liquor store. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one kid, he was a good kid, they said. He uh, happened to be at the party store and, and somebody was making a joke about this other 40-year-old guy that came in the store. And I don't remember what, the, what they were joking about or making fun of him. And matter of fact, the kid didn't make fun of him, but he laughed at whatever somebody mm-hmm. had said about the guy. Yeah. He, he went back home, came back with a friend, and they chased this 17-year-old kid down and just killed him.
0: The 40-year-old for, old man.
2: Yes, for laughing at him,
0: mm-hmm.
2: essentially, for laughing at him. Now, 40, this, is not story, this isn't where the story ends either oh <laughs> so now so now the police are are actively searching for this guy and at the same time there there was a show and i can't remember the name of the show um i think it was 48 hours you yeah know,
0: um it's this sounds a little familiar yeah i remember one from there all right so go ahead
2: I'm so, gonna... so they're filming the show 48 hours in the city and um and so they let them ride along with them when they came to to the a warrant at this guy's family's house Mm -hmm. the guy who was responsible for killing the kid and so they did it i think late night or early morning and when they went to the house they burst in the house and there was uh the grandmother there was the mother of this guy his daughter, I think, was on the couch or something. I can't remember exactly the situation. They, they got it on film, and they say they'll never show it because it mm. was just so horrific. But they had SRT out there, you know, serving the warrant and looking for this guy. And somehow the little girl got shot and mm. killed. And uh, and so, yeah, so it, it, uh, it, it really was a bad situation. You know, this guy kills a 17-year-old, and in turn, they're cops are looking for him and I don't know how the situation turned so bad, but yeah, the little girl ended up, you know, his family member ended up getting killed in, in, uh, I don't, I don't yeah. want to say retaliation. It wasn't yeah. retaliation. No, no, but just, it, you know,
1: unfortunately.
2: uncooperative or he accidentally, the, the officer accidentally shot her. I don't know. Yeah. And like I said, yeah. they said, they go that, that, uh, footage or never air that episode yeah. of, uh, not mm-hmm. true. Well, sure they did air the episode but they didn't show that one in it that, that case in it
0: yeah, yeah. and it's weird because apparently they only show certain if you don't live in that area like you won't see that so if you're in new orleans you won't ever see a first year from new orleans yeah that's what they said
2: huh mm-hmm. oh what i don't know because matter of fact they were when they were in detroit and filming that they they were on one of our one of my runs for another shooting, and the thing is, it was a girl who was shot in front of an apartment building, but there was no casings. There was no, for some reason, they couldn't figure out where the shot came from.
0: Oh, and I'm gonna go back and watch. I think I remember this.
2: Okay, yeah, it was like a night line street, right? It was, I think, and she was shot on the top of the head, mm. and God, I don't know, because they went searching the top of the building. And somehow, some way, we couldn't figure out where the hell she, where, you know, where the shooter came from, where he left, whatever the case may be. But I believe that aired on the same episode as this, the one for the, uh, the uh, SRT cop, you know, inadvertently killing a little girl. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, just like I said, man, the the crime, it's just, I
1: know. It's just... you
2: can, never, you, you can accept a lot of things you can, you know deal with a lot of things, but you can never understand why it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. So we're getting towards the end of our time. What would you tell a new person that's just coming into this? You know, what would be your words of wisdom that you would give,
2: give a new person? Find a different career. <laughs> really? I, you know? Um, yeah. Cause it's not, it's not the place it used to be. Um, when I was still there, it, you know, I was able to do my 25 and, and be able to live. I don't want to say, I'll say comfortably, but I don't mean like I'm, you know, by any means, I was, you know, getting rich. Yeah. It made yeah. the bill. I was able to do a lot of stuff that I wanted to do. I didn't struggle. Um, but since then, they've changed our pensions. Mm-hmm. They, we have a pension, they call it the hybrid pension. And if you ask any of them down there at city county building, what exactly entails you know what, what's included in this they don't know, they don't know you know <laughs> and it, and that works for them because you know they could tell you anything
3: yeah
2: and it, you can't what are you going to argue with you know if yeah. they don't they can't tell you what it what it uh includes and so it's just they've made it where it's not one of those jobs where you'd uh you can make a really good living off it's 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 always been kind of a stepping stone yeah hmm. a will uh left and went to nursing uh uh, other fire departments, uh, you know, police. Uh, I, I I tried to do nursing. I went to nursing school. I did an online program for nursing. Why do you
0: want to smell people for 12 hours? <laughs> oh. That's what I don't I, get. Like.
2: When, after, after doing this for 18, 20 years, I was burnt out and yeah. uh, I yeah. ended up quitting the nursing program. And I was near the end. I was pretty much at the end. And I have no regrets because yeah. I just didn't yeah. want to do that kind of stuff anymore. And so you said, you're, you're not with him for 20 minutes, 30 yeah, minutes. Well, people you're with your...
0: to be a nurse. I'm like, no.
2: Yeah. I, I, I like I,
0: my 15 minutes.
2: Yeah. I got a friend, uh one of my old buddies, he uh, was on EMS and he <sighs> did the same nursing program. And he's trying to get out of it. He wants to do real estate or something else because he just oh, wow. man, just can't stand it, you know? Yeah. Um But yeah, I, I tell him, just don't let this... I didn't intend on being there 25 years. Yeah. I told myself... Um, I told myself I'd give it five, 10 years and mm-hmm. I'd be on and it just turned into a career. And yeah. it was one of the best jobs, if not the best job I ever had. And closest thing to, uh, I, I think I said that, uh, phrase, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life type thing. Yeah. yeah, That's the closest thing to that for me right there was the first, first 18 years of my career. It mm-hmm. uh, there was no place I'd rather been. Yeah. I didn't take vacations. Uh, I I was always, I always wanted to be at work, you know, and, you know, and some people might think that's pathetic, but if you're having fun and doing the stuff you like to do and it's, and it's believe me, I mean, you guys know it's uh, it can be addictive, you know, all that adrenaline rush. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing, nothing, (laughs) nothing worse than doing like the most horrific chaotic run. And you're like, man, that shit was cool. And then the very next run, is some bullshit rerun you know take mm-hmm. grand hospital yeah. because she has ingrown toenail or some crazy shit yeah you know? mm-hmm. it's from one extreme to the other yeah and it's just like <laughs> okay. it's, i'm down off that first run you know because you want more i know
3: yeah. it, that's yeah. the story of
0: our life so
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> absolutely
0: yeah. we're, never available. we're never available when the good shit comes in or we're off and then we hear yeah. about
3: it. i know
2: you, you hear something going on and you're like, man, where can I dump this person? Because I want to go over there and do that. I
1: know. We're, we're, I always feel like we're like in a homeless shelter picking up like a drunk dude. And then I hear like a shot like two blocks away. And I'm like, damn it. You know,
0: like,
2: yeah. damn yeah. it. You
0: know, you can't, can't pull those games like you did back in the day. Like, you know, sit in the seat over here. We're going to get flagged. <laughs>
2: you know, yeah. we And yeah, that's, you know, it's funny you should mention that. We we did crazy shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Mm -hmm. there was, you know. I tell you what, I don't know if 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 you guys get these types of situations, but you know, being that we had a lot of gang violence in the city, it was it was. I never knew exactly when gang initiation was. If they had like a specific Mm -hmm. time here, but working southwest, you know, you I was, I had that happen a lot of times, where it was like one run turned into another run into another run, and it was all like if you were to connect them all on a map, you could see this straight line yeah. where they, a wave of violence that went across from one street, mm-hmm. to street to the next street, into the next neighborhood and so on and so forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, I remember responding to three runs within minutes and they were all shootings. And it was because it was all the same assailants doing yeah. these shootings, mm-hmm. perpetrator doing these shootings. They, they shot, um, they shot one guy. He was sleeping in the back of his semi trailer, semi truck. Shot him, and the bullet went through his face and took off like half his face. And uh, two units showed up on that. And then so we let the other unit handle it. And they called us for a run for another sh- within blocks. Yeah. And we get there, and this young guy just came back from the party store, and liquor store, and had a case of beer. Car driving down the street shot him in the head, blew his yeah. shit apart. and. Wow. And then, the, then we got dispatch calling us, saying, "Here are we transporting because we have a run for another shooting, with you know, in your area."
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Sure enough, with like within like a quarter of a mile, some person, uh, uh, let's just say she was, she was probably a prostitute, yeah. standing in the corner, and she got shot. And uh, and I, I thought, okay, well, maybe this one might survive because she was shot in the leg. Yeah. Well, shot in the leg, and it it fractured her femur and she was sitting on the ground, but her leg was sitting backwards. So it busted really? the femur and she bled out from the femoral artery. So it was wow. like this just path of destruction. They, they just killed wow. all the people. You know, it was just, you know, all for gang initiation, you know, yeah. and it happened. Uh, I was unfortunate enough to have to, you know, deal with that on several occasions, you know, so. And you're just like, man, what are these fuckers thinking about? Yeah. I
3: know.
2: At some point, don't you think, God damn, what am I doing? I I need to stop. Yeah. You know, but they just keep on going, whether it's momentum or what, I don't know.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And the Our our gangsters
0: are gentrified.
2: You know what the odd thing about that was? My son was young and he was in uh, PAL's Little League Baseball. Okay. In the same area, Southwest Detroit, you know, we yeah. did a lot of stuff in Southwest Detroit. I was, I, we had him in school in Southwest Detroit because the fact that we didn't grow up learning how to speak Spanish, we wanted him to. Yeah. Mm. And so he was in what they call an immersion school. Okay. And it, it seemed like a good idea at first, but all the violence that was happening around there, eventually we took him out. But one day we're, I took him to baseball practice and we're at this park in uh, southwest Detroit called Clark Park and it's right off the freeway and uh, one of the main streets and as we're sitting there watching them practice this car comes around the corner on the other side other end of the park and you hear just uh, just you know multiple gunfire and come like an AK-47 and they come flying down the street down right past us and one of the coaches was a state trooper Mm -hmm. and so he ended up calling it in and i I believe he got the license plate number
3: yeah
2: well the odd thing was that same car that was involved in that was involved in the shooting with those three different people i was just telling you about wow and on top of that one of uh one of my friends he was a police officer from that precinct one night somebody did a drive-by on his house oh wow and there was surveillance footage from this used car dealership across the street from his house that uh, that car. Wow. So all these crimes. Pepper. All these crimes from you know, just one group of guys. And it's just yeah. like, wow. Yeah. It's crazy. And and then just to be just to be privy to this knowledge of all this is like, oh my God. You know, it's yeah. like it's it's like out of a movie, you know, one of the craziest movies you can imagine. But it's
3: yeah. real life. That a
0: crazy
2: movie over there. Yep. Mm. So, that's the excitement of my life thank god it was, i wasn't too personally involved in it you know i was, know like, in on it but yeah, yeah. thank god okay. crazy world all
0: right so we're gonna wrap up there
2: Jim, thank you for talking with us
1: i know yeah. thanks
2: i really enjoyed it you guys really uh, cool man yeah. so
0: i know we'll talk again i know you got some more good stuff
1: so, <laughs> <I yeah. think laughs>
2: We'll and to, also, we'll we have
1: to eventually get out there.
2: Yeah, we got to come out right, and
1: hang out with you folks. You know. Oh
2: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and uh, same here. I, I I look forward to someday coming out to see you guys out there. You guys, yeah. you, you can uh, show me all that shock and awe, and and have me like, wow. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just can't I believe know. how big New York is, and how many units, and how many runs or jobs, as you guys call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy.
3: Yeah.